0: It's called punch drunk. The punches weren't really necessary. They were super necessary. Welcome to episode 58 of the Punch Drunk Podcast, your favourite combat sport podcast, hosted by two dudes who can't fight and know way less about fighting than they think they do. I'm your host, Lewis, and as always, I am joined by Adam, and we are back on video, baby. What's going on?
1: Feels weird. Uh still adjusting to it. That first 40 seconds of the song is awkward when you know you're on video. I forgot about that <laughs> We're going to figure
0: that out. We're going to figure that out, how to not have our beautiful faces just sat here waiting for the intro to play out. We'll figure that out. I don't
1: know what what I have an issue with, because obviously they're going to have to put up with 40 minutes to an hour of that. But that extra 40 seconds just kills me.
0: It's just just unbearable. Yeah. It has been approximately a 50-episode hiatus from YouTube. I (laughs) cheer. But we do. We have the technology. Adam's... Adam stopped being a stingy bastard and has decided to to fork out for the restream restream environment which you which you see here. So we're good, we're back. So if you are listening on audio, pop on over to YouTube. You can see our beautiful faces there. Uh, or, you know, if you are watching on YouTube for the first time, be sure to check us out on Spotify or iTunes, etc., for your commute. But Adam, we have got so much to talk about. And a loaded fight night. I mean, one of the best fight nights you'll see. On paper to preview, there is, but there's also been a ton of news going on in the MMA world. And of course, I got to start with the PFL, man. And the <laughs> PFL, course. I, yeah, of course, the one natural place to start. Genuinely, though, I don't know if you, I don't know if you watched it. The PFL's uh, Richest Night in MMA, where they had six championship fights, all for a prize of $1 million, it was awesome. And they are like, clear of Bellator as the number two product to the USC now. If you like MMA, you will like the PFL. They were well-matched com- w- uh, well, uh, fights, or uh, the, the the fighters who were there deserve to be there because they go through a playoff structure. And the, to- the tournament format just adds so much uh, intrigue and interest to the season as you go along. It was a great job, and the icing on the cake was Brennan Lochnein who was famously... Uh, mugged off by dana white on the contender series didn't get a contract got was gone over to the pfl and he, he won the featherweight championship won a million dollar prize and put on an absolute clinic if you haven't seen that it's free on youtube uh, the pfl put it up right afterwards even though their event in america was pay-per-view so i highly recommend going checking that out because he went up against one of the best wrestlers at 145 pounds in all of mma bubba jenkins former national champion he didn't get taken down once. His tr- his camp must have been absolutely on point. Chewed up his leg and then he got a stoppage in the fourth round and he looked absolutely brilliant. And I haven't found anyone or seen anyone online who dislikes Brendan Loughnane, which in today's world is just unreal. He's a very likable guy. He works hard and I really, really hope the UFC comes a call in now and he can get that worldwide uh, platform that he deserves because he's got a bit of money in the bank now he's got his financial security get to the ufc and get cracking against some of these top 10 featherweights and see where you really stand because it was awesome but the biggest shock of the night was finally kayla harrison lost man she was going for three titles on the bounce and she lost to larissa pacheco who she'd beaten twice before fair play to larissa Ch- to pitch the larissa pacheco she's I don't know if Usada is involved at the PFL, but if they're not, they should be. Go and have a little camp outside <laughs> Larissa's house um, because she's looking, she's looking thick and muscular. Uh, but but she put on, on a very impressive performance. Yeah, it's real hot. Uh, <laughs> All right, now <laughs> I didn't see a fucking second of this. <laughs> if <I'm being> honest. <laughs> I know you didn't. Which like, I go back and watch a couple of the fights, man. They they are great. Um, the PFL always makes a couple of questionable decisions. So imagine this, right? You've got six title fights on this pay-per-view. You're building up to it. It's and they've got a few other fights. Muhammad Ali's grandson fought on there, made had his like third amateur fight. won by a wicked knockout. There was great fights, and every title fight is building, building, and they're sort of they're putting them on by uh, profile of fighter, not the weight class going up and up and up. There was a sick heavyweight fight. We got an Aussie winner, Rob Wilkinson, formerly of the UFC, got uh, won the, the light heavyweight championship. He looks sensational doing so. So Australia's got a new uh, world MMA champion. He got a million dollars in his back pocket. Congratulations to him. But in the midst of this amazing run of title fights, the PFL all of a sudden decided to just plonk Julia, Julia Budd against Aspen Ladd for a three-round women's featherweight fight. And they just, it, it, it was a boring fight. They're both, neither of them are known for their exciting styles. And it was just very strange. They're both high-profile names. Aspen Ladd coming over from the UFC. Julia Budd, formerly of Bellator. I think she was the champion there, potentially. But what a weird decision to have this, like, momentum of great title fights. And they're just like, there you go, get that in you. Three rounds of, of boring... Uh very, very strange. But apart from that, it was a wicked event. So I highly encourage anyone to go back and check that out. But that certainly uh, hasn't been the, the biggest news of so, the weekend. So the whole
1: event is on YouTube now for free, but it was a pay-per-view at the time?
0: It was a pay-per-view in America. It was free in Hungary because it was like 3 o'clock in the morning and uh, it was free in the UK on Channel 5. All around the world, they've got different uh, different broadcasting agreements next year they're actually going on to disown globally though so pfl's pfl is getting getting a come up they've got some serious investorship and it's 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 a great product man if you're into mma you will like a lot of what the pfl puts out it's it's outstanding it's a really good
1: concept and um they'll probably fucking save disown because disown just puts out trash now so
0: disown is pure dog dirt man it's dreadful (laughs) And they they built it their brand around Canelo, and then they're like, actually, let's go over to YouTube boxing, which is probably what's saving them because they also did that massive deal. I don't know if you call with Anthony Joshua to bring him over when he was a free agent, and they've given him like hundreds of millions of dollars. They gave him like a position on, like not on the board per se, but he he's an advisor to their direction of how they're gonna run and it's like that's why he did that no weird one.
1: speech after his last oh
0: man the, the 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 head honcho at DAZN must have just been sat there with a gun in his mouth ready to just like what have I done I handed the keys of this of this of this, <laughs> uh, of this spaceship over to this absolute head case oh shit and you could tell that like he thought he was being woke as fuck he thought he thought he was having some real like insightful uh, I don't know wise discussion and like being rece- and, uh, everyone was just looking at them like oh mate no you've just been punched in the head for 12 rounds you need to you need to stop talking you know when the UFC decided they weren't going to interview fighters who've been <laughs> knocked out do you remember when they went through that run and fighters would be like coming to from like unconsciousness and Rogan would get the microphone <laughs> in their faces and they'd be like so Danny what did you think of your performance you got caught there and he'd be like wheelbarrow <laughs>
1: I swear, I've heard Rogan like talk since then about how he decided that it was a bad idea. Like, like that was like some genius thought he had. I'm like, mate, it was always a bad idea. No one once was like, oh, it's a good idea, or actually, maybe it's not. It's just always been a stupid (laughs) fucking idea. Imagine after, like, after a concussion in the NFL, they just like start interviewing them. So what's wrong?
0: You get some real like Ralph Wiggum quotes. (laughs) <laughs> they just like dudes with crayons stuffed up their nose. Like, oh, I think
1: you're gonna get those anyway, <laughs> especially from Anthony Joshua, <laughs> the StatCon chief. Um, Anthony Joshua oh. is like the 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 stereotype of an athlete, you know, beautiful, looks amazing, just like fucking like he's cut out of granite, and you just want
0: to oh, jump maybe, his bone. We get him up, when he, as soon as he opens him, his mouth, punch, <laughs> yeah. Get him on the punch drunk, rigged to scale. That boy is up there high. Oh. That man's physique is maybe
1: at the top. Maybe at the top.
0: Could be. Could be at the top. Uh, yeah. So w- let's 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 move on from Anthony Joshua's rig though, because we could we could go down that rabbit hole <laughs> oh. for, for for quite some time. There has been a ton of news. As I said, we hard. are going to get to the UFC. <laughs> we are going to get to the UFC Orlando preview, but first we've got to talk about some huge news which broke. Uh, last Crazy. Mid, mid, mid last Was on the weekend when this news broke? Anyway, the next pay per view coming up is UFC 282. It was formally going to be headlined by Yuri Prahadka versus Glover Teixeira in a rematch for the light heavyweight title belt. Unfortunately, the news broke that Prahadka has mangled his shoulder. Dana White calling it the worst shoulder injury the UFC has potentially ever seen. The advice was if you don't get this done now, you might not ever fight again. We're talking about career ending injury. So that fight was pulled. Yuri Pohadka, because he's going to be out for a while, voluntarily, voluntarily vacated vacated the, the title and gave the belt back to the UFC and said, I'm not going to be defending. I don't want to hold up the division. As a result of that, the UFC said, fair play, you're nailed on for first crack when you come back. Now, I question the wisdom of Yuri doing this because there are entitlements and benefits that go along with, Becoming the champion, you get higher venom pay. I think you. I don't know if he would have pay per view in his uh, pay per view money in his contract. That's a you know, but but he would certainly enjoy some benefits coming back as the champion. So he has actually given some things up to do what what he sees as the right thing for the division, which is got to be, you know, it's got to be applauded. I think that's very admirable. And so in this scramble, the UFC needed a title fight. Right? They needed something to, to sell as pay per view you need a title sh- title fight as the main event so they offered uh they offered uh ankolaev uh ankolaev to glover to share who said no to that fight he said he needed a little bit more time they subsequently uh have pulled glover from the card and they've promoted jan blahovich and ankolaev what, what is ankolaev's first name i'm having a complete uh, complete mental mental block. Muhammad. Magomed. Mag- Mag- no, it's not. It, I was going to say, I was like, I know no, no, it's not Muhammad. Magomed and I Mag- actually
1: thought it <laughs> fucking was too. I was like, oh, yes, I'm on it. Magomed and, now Mag- it's
0: Mag- and Mag- as the
1: whitest, most fucking racist piece of shit.
0: Adam's like, beard, that neck of the woods be a Mohammed. Fuck. Magomed Ankalaev is now going to be the main event, but and, and apparently Jury had no—excuse uh, me, not Jury. Jan Bohovic had no idea. He was on a plane from Poland to Las Vegas, and when he landed, they were like, "Surprise! You're fighting for the belt again." So his manager must have like worked all worked all of that out. But what do you think of Glover at 43 years old turning down a title shot, uh, a, 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 a changed title shot? Because I. He said he wanted a bit more time because it was changing styles. Obviously, Ankalaya presents a very different matchup to Yuri Prohotka. But he's also 40, he's 43 years old. He's seen everything. He's trained for every kind of opponent. Mm-hmm. I thought this was a weird one. What did you think?
1: I, I still have mixed emotions about it. When it, when it first happened, I was like, oh, uh, first of all, I was like, oh, Yuri, you're a mad dog for like, not holding up the division. But then I was like, is that a smart thing? Like, maybe. Would they have stripped him, do you think, first of all? They would have stripped Yuri if he didn't just give it up. They probably it's, wouldn't
0: have. No, it said no, they said he'd be back for a year. They could have just done an interim belt. So yeah. I don't think they would have stripped him, but I'm sure this has got got Yuri some serious credit with the UFC.
1: Yeah, and, and like Rich respect with
0: the whole roster. Yeah, with the fan base. Yeah. Absolutely. And it kind of fits into everything that Giri talks about. He's always going on about the way of the warrior and the honor of the fighter and the Bushido code. And he's always fannying around with a samurai
1: sword. Yeah. Maybe he should have spent some time fucking doing some stretching of his shoulder or something. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So that part of it, I found weird that the yarn part, I'm not really sure. Uh, Sorry, the Glover part, not the yarn part. The yarn part, I think is lucky as the Glover part is the most bizarre thing. I can't even figure out what the reason might be or like what thought processes are or anything really. Um, What do
0: you think? Yeah, (laughs) man, he, so the UFC didn't offer Glover versus Blahovich too. They said, we've done that recently. We saw how that played out pretty quickly. We don't want to put that as our main event. It won't sell. We want a different fight so he said he would have taken yan on the sa- uh, at the same event because he's familiar with him and he's a striker similar you know a more similar style to yuri prohajka but the UFC didn't offer that fight. There was mixed reports. There was so much information coming out, and it seemed like he turned down everyone. Turns out that's not the case. But he said, give me Ankolaev. But he said, I'll fight him at UFC 283 in January. Give me a bit more time to prepare for the specific opponent. The UFC said, no, we need a title shot. We're going to move on without you if you don't take it. He said, fine. Now, Glover, I assume, believes he's going to be next in line for the title shot. But this is a wild, wild game, man. He's 43 years old. Who's to say a train? he doesn't get injured in training? Who's to say that Yuri Prohadka doesn't heal quicker than we thought and is ready to come back in middle of next year? Who's to say that the fight that they booked not long after that, Anthony Smith versus Jamal Hill, which is going to headline a, a, a fight night in February, who's to say one of those guys doesn't put on a brilliant performance? And Dana White's like, Yo, you get the next title shot. It's Glover has earned or has got zero guarantees yeah. about ever fighting for the title again. He and he's 43 years old. He could have said, you know what? One last ride, let's go for it. I either and I'll retire after this, win, lose, or draw. That would have been, I think, the, the best decision he could have made. And Ankula is a good good striker, but his, you know, he wants to wrestle, but that plays into Glover to share his ground game because he's an absolute wizard on the mat with his jiu-jitsu. It was a very, very strange situation. And not only that, he'd been training for, for a five-round fight anyway. Blahovich and Ankoleev have been training for a three-round fight, and all of a sudden, they've got to go and do five rounds for the belt. I'm sure they're both going to be in great shape. But Glover didn't have that excuse either. And it would not surprise me one bit that not only does he miss out on the title shot, The UFC kind of look at him now and go, well, mate, we needed you to step up to save an event and you weren't willing to do it. So we're going to give fresh, fresh blood a crack at the title. Jamal Hill's super marketable. If he goes out and cleans up Anthony Smith, let's give him a shot.
1: There's two things now that you've said that, that I think might be the case. One, Glover probably isn't fit to fight or something. I don't know why, like, There's there's, something's got to be up for you to say I'll fight this guy but not this guy if you're just – you know, if you're actually – the camp's just going smoothly and you're ready to fight Yuri Prohashka who's better than both those guys, I I think. That might be the answer. The other thing that I was just thinking is how shit is this for this division? Like it's already kind of struggling. I think we had it like second last in the UFC
0: power rankings maybe. And – we I think third last in all, or fourth last in all weight divisions, but second last in terms of the men's. And that was before is, this happened, so it's got to be at the bottom it's, there. It's got to be at the bottom. Yeah, Yuri Pajka is like super exciting champion. We had this great, we had this great uh, matchup, this rematch on tap, ready to go. And now it's just like, ugh, we've uh, we've got some exciting matchups coming up in the heavyweight division, and including that, including that fella over your right right shoulder there, Mister Ty Bam Bam Tuivasa. Ooh. For sure. And I just thought, I, I, is, is it true
1: that I saw this tweeted or on Instagram or something that Hamzat and Alex Pereira was nearly a thing? Is that true? N- uh,
0: so Alex Pereira went on the MMA hour and said, yes, He well, he wanted that fight. Hamzat came out and said he was never never offered that fight. But I'm glad you brought that up because I had a little bit of a conspiracy theory going on here. Yeah, I love it. For the, the 205 division, and we all know Alex Pereira is Glover Teixeira's boy, and my theory is that Glover basically turned down the fight and put himself in a position to, to step out of the way, which will allow Alex Pereira early next year to come in and have a crack at the light heavyweight belt and try to become a two-division champion. Because... He, he basically is a light heavyweight. The fact that he can't cut back down to 185 pounds shows what a long, difficult cut that is for him. Some people are saying weight bully. I would never say that, but uh, some people are saying it. Some people are calling Alice Pereira a weight bully. And that, that's sort of that's a possibility. And then he apparently offered to fight Kamzat at UFC 283 in Brazil, but at 205 pounds. And Kamzat was like, no, I'll fight you at 185. And Pereira, because that would be for the belt. It makes no sense from Hamzat's perspective to put his reputation on the line, going up to 205 against such a dangerous opponent Mm. with no hope of getting a belt. If it was middleweight, you go, fine. But it doesn't make any sense for a guy who, okay, he fought his last fight at middleweight, but for now, this guy is still a highly ranked welterweight and Pereira saying, come and fight me at light heavyweight. None of it makes any sense whatsoever.
1: Yeah, no, it doesn't at all. Who wins? Alex Pereira? Because I, I sent the, the rumor to a mate of mine, and I'm like, this would have been epic. And he he just goes straight back, just goes, Hamza wins.
0: Oh, mate, Hamzat runs through him. That's the thing. is so gets- that so fucking crazy, though? It's like... crazy because Alex Pereira is, has got such a glaring hole in his game that we've talked about this before. That's why the UFC has to do that immediate rematch, because there's... because. Je- maybe Jared Kanania beats him uh, be- be- beats Alex Pereira Bo Nickel probably beats Alex Pereira who hasn't even had his first fight in the UFC yet, he's just come through the Contender Series Rob Whitaker beats him Marvin Vittori might beat him Strickland, there's, there's a whole <laughs> I mean if sh- if sh- yeah, no obviously not, but Is there are a-, a whole host of middleweights <laughs> <laughs> No, but I guarantee, I guarantee, there are Khabib fans out there who would say that Khabib could beat Pereira at two hundred five pounds. I I guarantee it. <laughs> yeah, I guarantee Khabib would you put, say that. You, you you put that you put that poll up on on Twitter, and the Khabib stands would be all over that, like white on rice. They'd be like, "Yeah, our boy could do it. Greatest of all time, etc., etc., etc." Yeah, but I think I think Kamzat wins that fight at two hundred five. So you know, keep them away. The UFC needs to keep Alex Pereira on ice until he has that trilogy fight with Izzy because that's the money that's a money fight and there's too much risk. Unless someone else wants to get in there and stand and bang with Pereira and get themselves some good old CTE, which I don't think they'd be willing to, then yeah. That's uh <laughs> not enough money to be made
1: to to go in and get that punishment, I don't think.
0: <laughs> probably, probably not. Probably not. So yeah, I mean all shuffles to UFC 282 and what that means, and a lot of people are upset about this. I'm I'm happy for the kid but the boy Paddy the Baddy over my right shoulder has been promoted to the co-main event in just his fourth UFC fight He's it's his first pay-per-view and it's also um oh, I mean th- the there aren't there aren't many people in their fourth fight aren't many people in their fourth UFC fight who get pay-per-view co-main event treatment and considering some of the other names on their card you got Alex Bryce Pereira. Mitchell against <laughs> <laughs> you got yeah, yeah you got Bryce Mitchell you got it's Bryce the Mitchell against the, yeah, I don't
1: was that, know. Was that, was,
0: I don't know it's, <laughs> I'm not it's just sure. Ridiculous. Or something. Ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But obviously, Darren Till is on there against Dricus Duplessis. You've got uh, Elia Taporia, You've got uh, Robbie Lawler on there. So there are plenty of other people that could have and probably deserved the co-main event spot more than Paddy. But the UFC are daft, man. They know Paddy is a bar stool athlete, and come fight week. Barstool is going to be jamming UFC 282 pay-per-view down your damn throat. They're going to be plugging it so hard because that's Paddy Paddy's their guy, and the UFC knows that this card is going to struggle to sell, especially with the reshuffled main events. So they went, you know, what can we do? Let's lean on Paddy, and let's see if he can really move pay-per-views. And I, and I think he will. Yeah, I, I think, think he will.
1: I think if his fight had more stake, he could headline a pay-per-view. That's the only reason he wouldn't. Like, that's how big I reckon he is. I,
0: without question, because the casual audience just knows him. And I know diehard MMA fans, you know, have questions about what, what's his level, what's his ceiling, how, how far can he get in the UFC. But without question, he is one of the biggest stars in the UFC with only three fights under his belt. So this will really be his, his litmus test for pressure, for stardom, Co-main event, Las Vegas, final pay-per-view of the year. He's kind of carrying the pay-per-view, let's be honest. Let's see what Paddy and Baddy can deliver. But we will do that full preview show ahead of that pay-per-view. Of course, we've got plenty of other things to talk about. But mm-hmm. one more thing, one more thing before we get onto this preview of UFC Orlando. Conor McGregor's been online. Conor McGregor has been seriously online in the past few days, tweeting, audio notes, and there's two, two big pieces of news coming out of the Conor McGregor world. That first and foremost, he getting sued. He is getting sued by his former friend, Artem Lobov, for 5% of proper 12 whiskey, because Artem claims that he was instrumental in the creation and like establishment of the idea for proper 12. He says he told Conor to go into whiskey and, and do all that kind of stuff, because Conor was allegedly talking about doing a vodka or getting involved in the alcohol game. And Artem apparently contributed a lot of information. At one point, Conor offered him a million dollars for his contribution, to which Artem declined because I'm sure he thought there was a bigger piece of the pie down the line. And now and now he's also suing Conor and Conor's dad for defamation as well, which has just come out overnight. So Conor McGregor involved in lawsuits with Artem Lobov. Former training partner, former friend. Let's not forget. This is the guy that Connor flew across the world <laughs> for because he got slapped by Khabib, and Connor threw the the the, the dolly at the bus, almost derailing an entire pay per view event. Yeah. that was his. That was his ride or die. That was his guy. Know, and the Now they're, they're squabbling in court, mate. What is going on?
1: What a shit bloke, Artem Lobov. You piece of shit. I don't care if you're if your own. Fifty mil. Shut the fuck up.
0: <laughs> so, I don't. We don't know exactly how Connor much Conor McGregor would never is fuck worth. someone over. <laughs> no, Conor. Yeah, would never do anything questionable. He's. He's. <laughs> Judging <laughs> by, by his tweets,
1: is, he's going well.
0: <laughs> that man. Is, yeah, <laughs> that's a very normal, mentally stable person. He seems absolutely fine. Oh, Mate, fuck. his little voice notes when he puts those voice notes on twitter they are amazing and he actually just challenged artem to settle this in a sparring match at the at the GMO. <laughs> so I don't, I don't i don't know if that happens but he put an audio note up so 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 there's
1: so much at stake for connor at that fight it's like if you win nothing happens but if you lose you just give up five percent of the company <laughs>
0: Oh, oh, real- Imagine how for pay-per-view <laughs> Probably
1: make back Whatever 5% of proper whiskey Is just Instantly He
0: streams it He streams it on the Mac Life For, for 5 euro a pop That's uh, You know a, a, a pay-per-view sparring session It would have A million people would tune in A that, million like, people just would just too
1: in. famous Like you could You could take every dollar He has to his name Every asset away from him tomorrow And within a year He'd probably have like 50 mil Just from fucking Just doing oh. anything
0: it's it's not even a question the, everything he touches turns to gold because he's just such he is a genuine sport superstar and even though he's a head case and has become more and more of a head case it doesn't seem to be the train doesn't seem to be slowing down he's got a netflix documentary coming out four-part netflix documentary he's got the roadhouse movie coming out i mean so he is just, for that
1: have you seen the original oh, mate, roadhouse? It's
0: a, oh yeah it's a oh, classic it's an could. all-time it, classic it's so
1: shit it, but so good
0: how dare you? First of all, there's nothing shit about that movie. There's not a scene of there's not a scene of that movie which is shit. <laughs> no, there isn't. Like it, it's honestly my
1: favorite genre. Just unrealistic action is like my favorite.
0: Yeah, it's so so good, yeah. so good, absolutely. And Connors is perfect I'm,
1: for that. Like I actually think that that will suit him like to a T. Just being one of those people in those movies.
0: <laughs> I know, I know. And but the other big thing to come out of his online tweets is Connor's basically just confessed to doing all of the steroids. I didn't say that. So there's been a lot of talk about Usada, why Connor isn't currently in the testing pool, when he can come back, how many tests and how long, etc. Because we know that Henry Cejudo going through the six months testing period right now, but Brock Lesnar got an exemption, and so everyone's wondering what's going on with Connor. He is out of the USADA testing pool and it's essentially because his leg was like, his leg got mangled, like it snapped in half. And so to recover from that and have any hope of getting back to 100%, you do need, like a bunch of doctors have said, you need to be doing all of the steroids. Like that's an injury that you do not recover from without serious, serious steroids I- I it does seem like connor is but it does make sense it does but, yeah seem- it looks like he's it does seem. So it, does- it-, it does it does exactly it does look like connor's taking advantage of that and has just been lifting and bulking and he looks ridiculous right now he is looking swole but he's also looking quite lean as well it's, it's- he's-, he's he's definitely taken advantage of that but the thing he said he said i will be ready to re-enter the testing pool in february and was like, mate, you basically just admitted, so you need, like, you need time to run off your cycle, let all of this shit come out of your system, and then you'll be good. And and if an athlete submits two negative tests, I believe it's either USADA or the UFC can grant a special circumstance waiver, which means you don't then have to test for six months. So once that timeline, Conor McGregor could be back anytime from like March, April, and he always said, he always said first quarter, first half of 2023 in recent Instagram lives. Whereas the timeline, if he had to, if he had to submit to the full six months of testing before he was allowed back, he would get uh, that. That would put him around August sometime, you know, post post summer in the Northern hemisphere. So it's a real, real interesting situation. It's obviously wrong. Like the dude's been juicing and then he's going to come back and not have to get tested for six months. It's wrong, but also, how good (laughs) how good how good because it's just the return of Conor McGregor and the reality is and people hate it superstars get different treatment and it's the same in every sport whether you like it or not if you don't you don't think the NBA used to look after Michael Jordan with with all kinds of situations then I don't know what to tell you superstars needle movers get preferential treatment that's just a fact of life
1: I want him to win so much more now that like everyone hates him he's entering <laughs> this, this like chaos. That's um, the chaos.
0: this anti-hero arc I'm like yes for the chaos bring it back and it would it, it's nostalgia because we know what it was like when Conor McGregor was coming up it was one of the most electric moments of per- periods in the sport he was that cap- uh, you know captivating character I don't know if I, I hope he comes like back in MMA
1: enough to do a podcast like this if he didn't exist like he he definitely made
0: me obsessed. Yeah. Oh, and he he did that for a lot of people, and that's that's I mean, but that that's true of many sports with many superstars across different eras. Look at the NBA now; a lot of people were drawn to it and became obsessed with it because of LeBron James in this era, or Kobe, or Jordan. And you look at football. You now have people who have come to the sport because they're obsessed with Ronaldo or Messi or David Beckham before them, or so on and so forth. Superstars bring people to sports that maybe otherwise wouldn't have come to them, and that's—I I, I don't know why that's a bad thing. I don't know why fans are somehow less legitimate because one superstar brought them to the sport, and now they really love the sport. I don't—I don't understand that mentality at all. The gate—the gatekeeping in sports that goes on from fans is a weird one, man. It's really, really strange. It's like, no, if you if you can't name the entire lineup of fighters on UFC 63, then you're not allowed to be a fan and you can't have an opinion. What are we, what are we doing oh, here, I'm man? Just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's just let people let's let people enjoy the sport. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you.
1: Man, we should imagine imagine having him on and just like getting him pissed and then just like. You just say fighters' names and let him just go off. Like just, just start with like Khabib and just slowly go down, just go Dustin Borio. Oh. Uh, Mahu like, oh, and Chandler, though, Kirby Covet did it. Oh my god, it'd be so good.
0: It would be, it would be electric to be able to. <laughs> I literally
1: do that. watch I watched, like TikToks and Instagram reels of him so often just to like cheer myself up. Just him like flexing in the mirror and just going,
0: He's tapped, he's completely tapped in the head.
1: The videos when he like had just broken his leg in the wheelchair. Do you remember that? Like he was like at the retreat or hospital, wherever the fucking rich hospital he it was. He had his and leg
0: in his cast and he was like doing pull-ups and lifting <laughs> weights and stuff. And you're like, mate, you're you're an absolute head case. What is wrong he with He was you? just
1: <laughs> abusing Dustin Poirier with when he had a broken leg in the octagon.
0: <laughs> oh,
1: we need to add that to the to the intro or the outro. Actually, the, your wife sent me DMs. <laughs> <laughs> hey, baby.
0: Oh god, it was. Oh, I, I mean, I talking to you know. We started the show talking about Rogan interviewing fighters who had just being concussed. He, like, <laughs> he he put, pulled it off. Like, hey, you just snapped your leg and you're in, like, <laughs> a, a, a completely. Different planetary headspace. Let me crouch down here and interview you. But it did, oh. it did give birth. It did give birth to one of the best MMA meme templates of all time. <laughs> and rogan crouching down with the microphone over anything will make me laugh without fail, one hundred percent of the time. One hundred percent of the time. <laughs> oh my god! Fuck me. <sighs>
1: My cheeks actually sore. I couldn't stop fucking laughing. <laughs> he's what about, such uh, a fucking what? lunatic. Like he's so <laughs> fucking crazy. I would just love to spend a day with him and just let him be himself and just I would just piss myself all day. I reckon everything he says would This is why I'm so excited for this
0: Netflix. That's why I'm so excited for this Netflix documentary. It's four parts, and he said it's like fully behind the scenes. And we're gonna see so much <laughs> maniacal Connor. What else is
1: there to see? Like, he documents every fucking thing he does.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. (coughs) Oh. Oh, man, this is about to go off the rails.
1: You know how, like, people always just document, like, the amazing shit they do on Instagram or, like, the cool stuff they do? He kind of does that, but, like, he also just does like the most unflattering, disgusting, like drunk, or like just the moments you shouldn't be have your phone on. He just always puts that shit on his stories.
0: I know, I know. I mean, the other day he posted to Facebook and, oh, I guess all his social media. So I, I saw them on Facebook. It was just like his wife and kids playing in the garden and stuff. But he puts his cars up with all of his license plates, like visible. I'm like, who does that? <laughs> who does that? Like, Everyone blurs out their license plates and kind of just like nah. Oh my! This is what happens, though. He gets he gets he gets drunk or whatever, and then he gets on social media and then his you know his PR team, who also have access to his account, then get through and start deleting tweets. The tweets get deleted as quickly as they come up, and there's no way he's in the headspace to be deleting them. <laughs> it is really funny when you just see his PR team. It's like three o'clock <laughs> in the morning, and they get a notification like. He's, he's he's tweeting again he's fucking tweeting again get up get up stop delete the tweets quick ah the screen grab it's too late you
1: know that like he's on that's the other thing like there's so many photoshop tweets of his that like i go that probably could have been him i'm not sure if that was him or not <laughs> just the most ridiculous shit
0: Oh man. Oh, like me. and you
1: can obviously he's on all the roids if he's just pissed all the time, like drunk all the time, and he's just still fucking jacked, like so jacked. I <laughs> said so I have one night a month drunk and I'm just like look like a fucking balloon for, for the next six months.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's 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 a great point. Oh my goodness. Alright, let's move on. Let's let's move on. Let's move on to to the actual <laughs> Per- the purpose of today's episode and let's let's preview this fight night coming up in Orlando. What about his oh, kids
1: when his kids like 20 and he's just <laughs> going to say all this shit on the Instagram of his fucking
0: dad? They're like, oh, my lunatic dad. There he goes again. Oh, fire. out.
1: So yeah, UFC
0: Orlando. <laughs> UFC Orlando. Yeah, Ty all right, genuinely. Back. Ty is back and... I'm so excited for this. He should be the co-main event. Like, I'm not sure why he's not... Like, I think he might be now. Order. I th- oh, I'm not they, sure if they-, they have
1: moved it or not, but I, I've seen both versions. I've seen I've seen most versions where he's like fourth, and then I saw yep. today, I'm not sure where, somewhere on social media, that well, they it had makes second. a second. So hopefully it, that's what it is.
0: He's a huge star. It makes complete sense. He's a heavyweight, huge star. Get him up there. Uh, I mean, let's start with that fight. He obviously put in a... Superb performance against Cyril Garnett, at UFC Paris a few months ago. Took some damage in that, but hopefully he's he's back to a, he's back to a, a hundred percent and he's he's feeling feeling good and he's he's healthy because I'd hate to see him go in undercooked on this one or still recovering and drop a second consecutive loss because he's going in against someone that he needs to he needs to come correct because Sergei Pavlovich also hits like a friggin' truck. I think he's got 16 wins in MMA, 16 and 1 with 13 knockouts. He's put out Derek Lewis, just like Ty has. This is a serious character. And if he needs to, he can wrestle. But he hasn't chosen to wrestle at this point because he's got dynamite in his hands as well. So I'm really hoping we get just some swanging and banging and ending in a shoey for Ty to Uvasa.
1: Oh, as- we had it uh, Did you Did you see the clip? Uh, he said it at the press it was like someone. Asked if he's worried if he'd be able to go the distance. And he just basically said, look, like, cardio does not fucking matter. When I touch someone, they just go to sleep. So who cares? Like He just said, who gives a fuck about cardio? Uh, it's kind of important. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, I mean, in fairness, like, he, he prepared for five rounds against Garn. It's, he, he should be okay. He should be okay yeah. to get through oh, three he'll rounds. Be let's be honest. The, 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 the reality is, is one of these boys is going to sleep. Mm-hmm. I really think that. But Ty has shown he has got a monstrous chin. And it wasn't uh, headshots that put him away against Cyril Garn. He got his body absolutely chopped to bits because of Garn's precise kicking. I don't think Pavlovich offers that. He certainly isn't as skilled at keeping range and, and getting in and out as Cyril Garn. Very few, if any, in the division are. So... This should be swanging and banging, and it's going to be an absolute can't bomb wait. burner. Can't wait! I'm calling it now. Ty's going to absolutely flatten him. He's going to be back. We're going to get the celebration. We're going to get shoeies. It's going to be electric. We deserve this. We need this.
1: 100. I can't like. I love it when he fights. It's it's awesome when he's on a pay per view. But I get excited for a pay per view anyway. So it's kind of a nice little treat when he's on a fight night because I get. Mm-hmm that pay-per-view level of excited for it. So, yeah, can't wait. For sure he's going to win. I'll be throwing my fucking life savings on it. and um,
0: <laughs> Oh, yeah, all seventy,
1: all $73. Yeah, well, not anymore. I paid for restream, so. <laughs> 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 oh, fuck. I hope, I hope our uh, three viewers are enjoying the, the YouTube because <laughs> I'm broke because <laughs> of it
0: of sleeping under a bush shelter <laughs> tonight. Oh, uh, but we do have YouTube, so it's worth it for you know yeah. happy days.
1: And Rupert Murdoch's <laughs> given me a couple of newspapers to use as a blanket, so it will be
0: all good. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, very generous of him. Very yeah. generous of him. Uh, Mate, we've got to somehow, and you, you know, I'm call, I'm looking at you now because you've you've met the man, the myth, the legend himself, and had a bit of out of a bit of a chat with him. We've got to somehow get tie on this pod. We well, have to.
1: I'd love to. I think BB might be our little avenue there
0: yeah uh, come on bb sort yourself out mate bring bring something to the table bring something useful
1: oh <laughs> well, i don't know if that's ever gonna happen but
0: yeah. or, the, or, the, or you know bring bring us something more than your israel induced depression
1: <laughs> he's still flat on that by the way uh <laughs> um the, the rest of this card uh is, is good it's really fucking good Well, all right, the rest of the cards might be a bit of an exaggeration, but it's a strong fight night main card.
0: There are a lot of good fights on here, Matt. I mean, the main event, Wonderboy Thompson against Kevin Holland. We know that's not going to go to the mat. Neither of these boys want to wrestle or grapple. This is just going to be a striking fest. And on his day, Wonderboy Thompson can can starch anyone with his array of different kicks. But Kevin Holland's no joke, and he's had a career resurgence since coming down uh, to to to... Well to wait. Man, this is uh this is gonna be real interesting. Interesting to, to, to see how this plays out. Thompson's a big name. Holland's gonna have a lot of eyes on him. M- main main event of a fight night in front of a full house of fans. That makes a huge difference, man. The fans genuinely change how these fights go. and um, okay, he got ragdoll by cams out in his last fight, but you know, that catchway bout. Fine, but I, would, I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked if Holland was able to, to get the win here. It's going to be one of the, if not the toughest, striking matchup he's faced, but he's super explosive. He's got power at 170 pounds, and it wouldn't shock me at all if he wins. But having said that, Wonderboy is an elite striker as well. But you know what? Screw it. Kevin Holland, this is coming out party. Let's get it. He's secured a huge bag, and this is where he becomes a true household name, and he flattens. Wonderboy Thompson, which kind of sucks because I like Wonderboy, but I can see I'm. I'm saying I'm going with Kevin Holland here.
1: Yeah, I like Wonderboy as well, but I think Holland will win. But he also should, like, if he is who he is, if he's worth what he's getting paid, if he was going to be the star that he's going to be, he should easily beat Wonderboy. You know, the fact is Wonderboy isn't. He's still amazing, but he isn't what he once was. So no, he no, should. Piece, nearly, he's nearly Wonderboy 40 out. years old exactly
0: yeah he's, he's he's gonna be 40 years old in february and he hasn't knocked anyone out for a long time holy shit i didn't realize quite how long it had been he hasn't he hasn't won a fight by knockout since johnny hendrix back in 2016 all of his wins have been point decisions He's not he's not gonna put himself into the fire so I think I think Wonder Boy can 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 uh, excuse me uh, Kevin Holland can, can can really get this done here uh, that's 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 crazy man I, I didn't know he hasn't stopped anyone since 2016 uh, I think far, father time has caught up to Wonder Boy having said probably- that though
1: that kind of makes me want to think that the the uh, not a bad bet is the fight to go the distance um, yeah because he, he yeah, is yeah, yeah, smart yeah. I, he can he can get through a fight not in a winning fashion, but he can get through the distance, yeah. even five rounds. So maybe he's still got that in him, just to like get through and not be humiliated. But even that, I'm probably not going to bet on that, if I'm honest.
0: Well, you know, the odds the odds might be quite nice on that, and that means you could, you know, get yourself a, a halfway house for a night. Didn't think about that. Smart decision. Yeah, look at him. Absolutely. In. You share a room with a with a junkie shooting up. It'd be brilliant. <laughs> Uh, I'm not uh, sure. Right, what else have we got on here? <laughs> what else have we got on here? We have um we have Jack Amanson against Roman Delidze. This has been a a last minute change of opponent because I th- who was supposed to be fighting um on this card? What was the change here? One second. Some someone got hurt. Derek Brunson. Derek Brunson was supposed to fight uh Jack Amanson. Brunson got hurt and Roman Delidze has replaced him and man Dalidze is on an absolute tear. Uh, two brutal knockouts in his last two fights. Uh, he, he, he's very well-rounded. He can kind of do it all. And we know what Jack Amanton is at this point. He's an okay striker, a decent grappler, but he's never going to be championship material. He's always going to be that 5-10 to 10 ranked, uh, ranked fighter. So I hope Dalidze gets... To get, a, get a, a stoppage win here, got nothing against Jack Amanson, but Dolidze is an exciting fighter. Let's bring some new names up into this mix. Let's bring some, some uh, yeah, let's bring some fight some, some, uh, some fresh blood into the division. And I think Roman Dolidze uh, can absolutely do that here at Middleweight. Yeah, I agree.
1: If I'm very, being very, very honest, all the fights we've mentioned are the ones I'm keen for. I don't, unless you find some little bits of gold. I'm um, sure you've got some.
0: Give them to you. I don't have any more. Mate, no, come on. Come on. Now now, now you're just being a slapdick. Brian Barberena versus Rafael De Sanchez is going to be absolutely... I amazing. thought we'd
1: talk, spoken about that. My bad. Uh,
0: <laughs> but yes, I am being a slapdick. Uh, if- <laughs> That's going to be a great fight. That's going to be a really... Oh, come on. Brian Barberena has never been in a boring fight in his life and RDA is a, a, a huge challenge for him. Uh, Matt Snell against Nicolau. that could be a fun fight at flyweight. Those Matt Snell always throws down. I got to shout out uh, Halen from the UK. Mark Jukazy—he's fighting Michael Johnson. Michael Johnson again, very rarely in a boring fight. His record isn't that great, but but Mark, G- Mark uh is is a good striker, and I think the style, the fight against Michael Johnson, lends itself to to what's going to be a. Uh, What's going to be an exciting fight for 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 old Michael Johnson? He's going to be avoiding, trying to avoid desperately going uh to, to one fight away from from uh, even wins and losses in his MMA career. Poor old Michael Johnson. Tracy Cortez against Amanda Hibes is a is a, is another fun fight. Uh that that should be good in the women's flyweight division. And I reckon I reckon oh, Angela Hill against Emily Ducop. No, your I don't mate. think that'd be a great mate, Angela Hill. I can't, I can't stand her for first. Because you're oh, racist. She's just I know. mo. Oh, come on, man! <laughs> <laughs> Our first YouTube video back, you're just gonna try to get me absolutely, absolutely ruined. No, she, she, she blocked me on Twitter because I was like, no, you've I, got uh, a lot of
1: diversity in your, in your background there, mate. <laughs>
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, so Angela Hill against Emily Decote, But uh, Nico Price, Nico Price against Philip Rowe, which is right now scheduled to be the feature bout on the prelims. Nico Price has got 100 kids and has never been in a boring fight because he's desperate for for performance bonuses to, 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 to feed all the kids. So that's, <laughs> I think, I'm serious. How many kids like eight- he actually have? He's got about eight kids. Hold on, hold That's on. wild. It's, no, that's right. it's, I'll take your
1: word for it. I don't care if you give or take
0: a couple. Five. On. All right, he's got five kids. He's got five kids. That's still a lot. <laughs> that's still a lot. A lot. So yeah, I, I, I like Nico Price. He's always, he always puts on fun fights. And Phil Rowe, uh, if I recall, uh, yeah, he beat uh, Jason Whit by TKO in his uh, earlier on in the year on that uh, Hermanson Strickland card. So he, he Phil Rowe punches hard, man. Phil Rowe punches. Punches hard for his division, so I'm excited to see that one. He's a uh, he's a ton of fun. So, yeah, man, this this uh, this card is. I'm looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward. It's gonna be a great Saturday night here in uh, in Europe with this with this time zone. I'm I'm Can't very lie. much looking forward to it. Love a freebie. Love a solid freebie. Absolutely.
1: Is there anything else you wanted to talk about in the combat sports world this week, mate? I'm conscious we, we did about half an hour on Conor McGregor.
0: <laughs> <So>. <laughs> mate, there is actually, there's one thing, and, you know, this is, this is time for me to have a little bit of a rant because I'm annoyed. Uh, Tyson Fury is fighting this weekend, for those who didn't know, and you probably didn't know because it's not really been well advertised because he's fighting Derek Chisora. And Derek Chisora is just a, a middle in, you know, he's a he's a British level heavyweight, maybe like European level, but he's not a world class heavyweight boxer. He should not be in with Tyson Fury. Not only that, they fought twice before, and Tyson Fury had beaten them both times. Now I'm a big fan of Tyson Fury. I think he's an incredible fighter. His comeback story losing all the weight overcoming addiction stopping himself from from killing himself his well publicized uh, discussions around mental health i think have helped a lot of people he seems to do quite a lot for charity overall he's in the plus column he seems like a he seems like a good bloke right now he seems hell bent on just burning all of that goodwill that he's acquired because he cocked up the fight with Anthony Joshua, which was the only fight that anyone wanted to see other than Usyk, which wasn't be able to make made at the time, by tweeting and doing stupid time limits, and that fight got killed. That fight should have been easy to make. That fight should be happening. But no, we're getting Tyson Fury against Derek Chisora. Not only that, he is going out and criticizing people who are criticizing this matchup of a fight saying, oh, what do they know? They'd never been in a ring, blah, 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 blah. Tyson, you're fighting an absolute bum in comparison to your level, mate. It's not. This is not a fight you should be having. And then to make matters worse, they're putting the fight on pay-per-view because both of them have got such ridiculous salary demands. They can't sell out Spurs Stadium where they booked because they thought it was going to be Fury versus Joshua. They haven't sold out the stadium. It's on pay-per-view in the UK at an increased price to usual. So people are having to fork out 28 pounds for this pay-per-view at a time when the country is talking about potentially doing black managed blackouts because of the energy crisis in the country. There's a cost of living crisis and Tyson Fury, supposedly the man of the people is fighting a bum on pay-per-view and promoting it and trying to tell people that it's a legitimate matchup. Both guys have got a chance to win and it's something that people should be putting their hands in their pocket to pay for. It's a disgrace I can't believe he's doing it. And it's honestly it's disgusting. I'm I'm really, really disappointed that this is this is the way it is. I'm not even a huge boxing guy. You know this is a, a predominantly MMA podcast, but this is just an absolute joke. Clip it. Clip it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was a good rant. Sounded like you it was scripted. I couldn't agree more. I didn't know as much detail until you just went Did on. Did you that even rant. know he was fighting this weekend? No, I knew he was fighting, but I learnt like a week ago. So it's not like I've yeah, known it's coming up. There's
0: been up. no promotion whatsoever.
1: And then I also forgot about it until you mentioned it before this app. Um, the energy crisis. Sounds like you should maybe have some sort of mass exodus, something like that. Maybe, I don't know. I'm not going to say it. because <laughs> What? Not, I'm not going to say it. <laughs>
0: Worry. <laughs> okay. He made a tactical decision to, uh, to knock that I one. I realize the we're on video. To, now. To uh, solve, we're on video now and the, the editing edit. process
1: is a lot more complex and I couldn't be fucked <laughs> doing it. So I'm just going to shut the fuck up. <laughs> All right. I
0: love it. I love it.
1: You can Ooh. find us on at punch Drunk pod on Insta, at pod on TikTok, tock at punch, pod, underscore on Twitter. Follow Lewis Glover MMA on Twitter too if you want to see some rants just like that one in uh, the written format. Uh, PunchDuckPod at gmail.com if there's anything you'd like to send us, any sort of lovely Christmas presents too would be nice.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want to send us some Amazon vouchers or anything like that, please go ahead.
1: Anything to make the uh, product better would be nice. Um, we're happy yeah. to wear face masks, whatever. Uh, makeup, if you send it, I'll wear it. Uh, <laughs> there you go, folks. If you send it, he will wear it. And I guess we had to plug YouTube Punch Drunk Podcast on YouTube. Uh...
0: YouTube, subscribe, subscribe, and like this video if you are watching. Please and thank you, we really appreciate it. Hit subscribe. I want to see those subscribers grow. Hit the like button as well. Drop a little comment. Tell us what you liked, what you didn't like, why we're why we're wrong. Come and argue with me. I'm not afraid to roll up my sleeves and get into into it in the comment section with someone. So come on. Give me your best.
1: There you have it. He's not afraid to. I am afraid to. uh, So leave it to him. (laughs) Uh, Mate, so good to talk to you. I'm just about to lose my voice, actually. Uh, So I'm going to go because, you know, I've got (laughs) to get up at 2 a.m. for work for the fucking World Cup. Uh, How about that? Can't wait. My body is breaking down. I hate the World Cup. (laughs)
0: Um, and on that note it is coming home Adam it, after England's win last night yeah, it is coming home I can confirm sources have
1: confirmed to me I don't know I watched that game the whole game and
0: well, they, we were diabolical in the first half England were terrible
1: I reckon you were good for about 5 minutes
0: uh, a bit longer 15 minutes but then they took yeah they went 2-0 up you don't know
1: who, so, you don't know what's coming I'm calling it I'm going to call that you're going to lose to Senegal Uh, Shut up You are going to Have you watched them? They've been on fire You are They're
0: good They're good But we're gonna We're gonna batter them We are gonna batter Senegal
1: England is going to go as far As Australia in the World Cup You know Australia just needs to Win or draw And they're through Which is hilarious But
0: Against Against Denmark Mm -hmm. Well Denmark
1: drew with Mm -hmm. Tunisia Australia beat Tunisia So Mm -hmm. MMA math bro
0: (laughs) MMA math (laughs) Quick math
1: all right so good talking to you mate uh if australia i'm not gonna say if when australia lose at some point i would like to see england win just for you uh
0: oh mate that's so kind but i know you don't mean it though
1: jesus i don't want to see any of it on social media or basically anywhere. <laughs> talk to you later